I am super excited to announce that A Good Feeling Dog Training is now offering Skype dog training consults. And in the future, I'm also putting together online dog training courses. So if you wanted to work with me and you don't live in Colorado, please check out agfdogtraining.com and under services, Skype sessions. And if you'd like to do online training courses, stay tuned and I will let you know when those drop. Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Hey all, welcome to episode number eight of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I can't believe I'm already on episode number eight. I am having so much fun recording this podcast. I hope you guys are enjoying listening. If you haven't already checked out episode number seven, go ahead and give it a listen. Um, It's really fun and I think it's really important. So give it a listen so you make sure that you know how to give your dog choices. If you have not already subscribed to this podcast through wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure to do so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. Uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to all the people who have given me feedback on the podcast. Thank you again for that positive reinforcement. It makes me feel really good. And you know what? It gives me more um, enthusiasm to keep going. So here we are. So I got a couple of questions on Instagram about dog dog play. So I figured that's a really great topic to talk about in today's episode. So I want to start by talking about first what is normal dog play what is not normal dog play and um as always we're gonna start with management so i think that you should be using management during play no matter how old or young the dog is right i'm always going to make sure that the environment is set up so that the dog play has the best chance of success Right? So there are several ways that you can manage dog-dog play. So first of all, I'm going to make sure that I'm matching appropriate personalities. If I have a really rambunctious puppy and an adult dog that does not tolerate puppies very well, I'm not going to set up a play date. That's not a very good mix, right? If I have a dog that can be really dog selective when it comes to dog play, I am going to do something else before I let them be off leash. I'm a huge fan of group walks first to kind of let some of the enthusiasm and or tensions dissipate before I allow off leash play. So you really have to know your dog in this scenario, right? Um, If you have a dog that can just handle playing with every dog, no matter the circumstance, consider yourself blessed, right? Because that is not the norm. So if you have that dog, you're lucky. If you don't have that dog, you are among the rest of us who need to manage environments to ensure success. Um, 
I also think that once the dogs are playing, you're allowing like more physical interaction. I think that letting the leashes drag is always a good idea. If this is like the first introduction or if you have a dog that is prone to overzealous play, um, the leash makes it much easier to kind of redirect and interrupt over the top play before it escalates. I think that having a smaller space for the interaction to happen is good too. So just in case, you know, one dog starts running and then they get really freaked out and you can't get the second dog to stop chasing, a smaller space is going to make that easier. Um, the, the leash dragging will also make it easier to kind of interrupt if that play kind of goes south. Um, I'm also a gigantic fan of a cookie scatter. If you don't know what a cookie scatter is pretty self-explanatory um you pretty much just throw a handful of treats around spread it out and that gives the dog something more productive to do than rehearse over the top play the only caveat to a cookie scatter is if you have a dog who will resource guard food then a cookie scatter is definitely not advisable um but outside of that i think a cookie scatter is awesome um So those are several ideas and suggestions for management. I'm sure you have more ideas and suggestions. Um, I have been boarding, boarding and training dogs for almost my entire dog training career. I started a good feeling dog training in 2012. So seven years of experience of integrating dogs and managing dog play, you learn a lot along the way. Um, If you have other ideas of how to manage dog play, please feel free to uh, tag me on Instagram and let me know. I'm always curious to hear what people are doing, using, that's working. Um, So you're managing the environment first, right? So once you have the the environment managed and you allow the dog-dog play to incur, there are a lot of things you want to be watching. There are tons and tons of small, subtle behavioral cues that dogs are giving each other. So the more you can get savvy on those, the better. As a general rule, loose, wiggly body language is always a good sign. Stiff, flagging, tensed body language, not always a good thing. Um, As with almost everything in dog training, it's pretty contextual, right? And there are tons of different play styles, tons of different ways for dogs to communicate and interact. But the more savvy you can get with your dog's specific cues and signals, the better. In general, you want to see a really nice back and forth. So almost an exchange, right? So one dog play bows, the other dog play bows back. One dog kind of chases, then the other dog returns the chase. So the more back and forth you can see, that's a really good sign that there is a healthy level of play happening. If you are unsure if there is a healthy level of play, you can always do a consent test. So say you have two dogs and you feel like, you know, dog number B is always bullying dog number A. Remove dog number B from the play session. So maybe grab the leash, maybe put some cookies into their face and redirect them and see what dog number A does. If dog A comes back for B, 
let the play continue. If dog A does not come back for play, maybe you need to look at a different exercise, maybe work on some sits, maybe work on some touches, let the the dogs calm down a little bit, and then try play again. So again, back and forth is always really, really important. And if you are unsure, you can always interrupt, do a consent test, and there's more information and feedback for you to decide what to do going forward. There, there is a game that I like to refer to is called Mouthy Bitey. I'm sure you've seen it. But anyways, it, it looks like an awful display, right? Where the dogs are like biting at each other's faces. There's probably growls, maybe a little bit of barking. It seems a little intense. Um, something that you'll notice if it is play is sneezing. Yes, you heard me right sneezing. When dogs are playing that game that I refer to as mouthy bitey and they are sneezing, they are communicating like, hey, don't really mean it. Love this. Let's keep going. So that's another really good indicator that play is going pretty well and you can let it continue. Um, Something else that um, super aced the dog (laughs) um, left a comment on Instagram for me to bring up, and I I absolutely love it because it's so true, Um, humping, (laughs) humping in play. We are, we're such people. We're so quick to just be like, oh, no humping. You're so gross. Um, But humping is not a bad thing necessarily, right? If you have an intact male and an in-season female, obviously don't allow humping, right? If you feel like the dog getting humped is not enjoying being humped, don't allow humping. But if the humping seems to be going back and forth and both dogs seem to be having a good time, I'm not interrupting that, right? Humping is totally normal communication between dogs. So don't be weird. Don't make a big deal of it. Just let the dogs have a good time. So thank you for that comment and question because that is really good information. Um, there are tons and tons of play styles, right? Every breed, every mix of dog, they all kind of have their own individual play style. So that's another thing to consider when you're setting up play dates or, you know, matching personalities. If you have a young border collie who likes to herd and you have an adult dog that does not like to be herded, that's probably not a good match, right? So You definitely have to consider breeds and maybe their predispositions to play style. Um, I think it's also really fascinating. I was actually at the dog park with a wonderful client today and we had, you know, just a fabulous time. The dogs had a great time playing and I was really just like making an effort to observe interactions between other dogs. And it's so fascinating to me how, you know, this dog park that we go to, if you guys live in Colorado, it's called Westminster Hills Dog Park. It's really great. You should go there. But there are so many different breeds of dogs and so many different play styles and everyone can communicate and interact really, really well. It's absolutely fascinating. Um, the phenomenon of dog behavior, dog body language, dog play styles. Oh, I could nerd out on that all day. It's, it's so fascinating. But the point I'm trying to make here is that while every dog has an individual play style and maybe their breed predisposes them to a certain play style, a lot of dogs have the ability to interact and communicate with each other, even if they're not playing. 
So say you get together with your friend and you're hoping the dogs are going to play and they're not playing at all. They're just peacefully coexisting in the backyard. That is also a brilliant thing. There's no need to always be playing. And if they can peacefully coexist, I think that that is also super fantastic. So don't be discouraged if the dogs don't play. If they're just hanging out in the same area, that's also fantastic, right? Um, Some other things to consider with dog-dog play is if you feel like the dog is continuously biting at the other dog's neck. You feel like the dog is continuously biting the dog's back leg and you don't think that the other dog is enjoying it. You definitely want to train behaviors that you can use in those scenarios. Um, A recall is very helpful for interrupting and or managing dog play. A leave it cue also also very useful. Um, And if you have those behaviors, it makes it much easier to redirect dogs and then release them back to each other to prevent tensions from, you know, getting high, prevent your young dog from rehearsing behavior you can tell the other dog doesn't like. So while we're always managing, you definitely want to be training at the same time so that you can use those, you know, trained cues to manage dog interactions. By and large, if I feel like both the dogs are having fun, I don't think anyone is getting hurt, I'm doing very little to interrupt or stop the play, right? I really am making sure that I manage the environment. The environment is managed. I've set the dogs up for the best chance of success. Hopefully they're succeeding and I'm just going to let them continue to play, right? Um, There are some dogs that don't really know how to play right? And that's okay. That happens. But if you own a dog like that, you own a dog that you don't think knows how to play very well or has had a pretty negative reaction from the dogs it's tried to play with before, you are going to have to work really hard to manage interactions so that dog doesn't continue to rehearse the unwanted play behavior. There are definitely some breeds that are predisposed, some kind of obnoxious play styles. Waylon, for example. They don't call them bully breeds for nothing, right? Waylon is fantastic with other dogs. I worked my tush off to get him to socialization classes when he was a puppy. And like I said, we've been boarding dogs for a long time. So I have access to dozens of really well-behaved adult dogs. So that made it much easier for him to learn. But I had to do a ton of management when he was a puppy. When he was like hmm, six, seven months old, there is a dog called Lucky that stays with us. And the two of them were just like, I mean, chest bumping and playing way too rough. I mean, I I don't I did not want him rehearsing that play behavior because I knew it could escalate right? Escalate to maybe a scuffle, right? Not escalate to like horribly aggressive behavior. But anyways, I still didn't want him rehearsing it. So you best believe that I did a ton of management. And there was honestly a time where I did not let Lucky and Waylon interact off leash because they couldn't handle it, right? We did a lot of on-leash walks. We did a lot of group training that was managed. I did a lot of cookie scatters. So, you know, it takes a lot of effort, but it pays off big time. 
if you have an adolescent dog, adolescent dog in my mind is like anywhere from five months to 11 months old, and you are worried that your dog is rehearsing unwanted play behavior, it is time to enlist the help of a positive reinforcement trainer, maybe run that runs play groups, um, that's definitely something that I can help with too, right? But setting up scenarios where the dog learns better play styles so that they have the opportunity to play with more dogs going forward. Because if you have a, a young dog who's rehearsing bad play behavior, it's only going to get more intense and the dog's world playing with other dogs is only going to get smaller. I'll also say that the dog park is not for every dog. Doggy daycare is not for every dog. Well, I think that there's a lot of really great dog parks. While I think there's a lot of really great daycares, I also think that there's some really bad ones where there's either dogs getting away with being bullied or dogs getting away with being bullies and they're only rehearsing and intensifying that behavior. So again, make sure that you're managing the environment well so that the dog has the best chance of success when it comes to dog-dog play right? Um, I also had another really great question um, uh, from Michelle on Instagram, and she asked, um, what is a a good way to be less hands-on when you're trying to interrupt unwanted play, and how can you teach better play? So like I said, a recall is worth its weight in gold, right? If you can call your dog off of unwanted play, that's brilliant, right? Um, And then I think if I want to teach the dog better play behavior. I'm going to do my due diligence and trying to find a dog that I think is suited to communicate appropriately to the dog a better play style. Okay, so um, if you don't have access to well-behaved adult dogs, reach out to a positive reinforcement trainer in your area. I'm sure they can help connect you with someone right? Um, I'm really lucky. I'm really blessed that I have access to dozens and dozens of really polite, appropriate adult dogs that can help me and, you know, kind of (laughs) retraining an adolescent dog how to interact. But you want to set up those scenarios that you have a good personality that can handle, you know, a little bit of over-the-top behavior, but can also give really, really great, clear communications so that the other dog can learn right? Um, I think another way to manage dog-dog play would be, you know, like we talked about in the last episode is muzzle training. I think that if you have a dog that bites onto necks and holds too hard and, you know, gets a little too crazy during play, if you condition the dog to wear a muzzle, they can still play, but they can't rehearse the behavior of biting onto a neck and holding on for too long right? And that's definitely something else you want to watch for in dog play. If dogs are playing and one dog yelps and the other dog doesn't let go, you definitely want to intervene, right? So really, really be cautious about that. Um, I think dog-dog play is so brilliant and it's so much fun, but it's so complex and it's so specific to each individual dog and each individual personality. So like I said, you really need to get to know your dog and know their personalities, right? And then kind of act accordingly. Um, Sweet Tiva, who, like I said, is almost 12. She has raised and taught I mean, we're probably close to like 100 dogs in her career. And she has a pretty specific play style, right? She likes to have a toy in her mouth. She likes the dog to chase her, but she does not want the dog to dare to take the toy out of her mouth. That's her play style. She loves it. She's really good at communicating it. She's really good at teaching that game. Um, She taught that very game to Waylon, 
Waylon also loves the game of chase. It's really actually pretty sweet because Waylon has taught that very game of chase to several puppies that have stayed with us. So yeah, it's pretty cute to see like Tiva's play style come through in Waylon's blocky headed little body. But um, Waylon also has other play styles. He really likes to play the mouthy game, <laughs> bitey game that I was talking about earlier. He loves that game. He loves to just lay on the ground and just play mouthy bitey and sneeze and wag his little tail he also you know he kind of likes to wrestle and honestly he likes to wrestle a little too rough sometimes so that is something that I have to manage and bless him I tell you what his recall coming out of play is fabulous absolutely fabulous and you want to know why (laughs) because it is heavily heavily reinforced right if you want your dog to respond to you we've talked about it before but I'm going to say it again because it deserves to be repeated reinforce every single time the dog responds to you, right? Because every reinforcement you put into a recall, the easier your life is going to get and the better you can manage your dog. So again, you know, you can manage and you can have really well-behaved adult dogs teach play styles, but nothing is a substitute for really, really well-trained behaviors. So I hope that this answered some of the questions maybe you had about dog-dog play. If you have more questions about dog-dog play, please feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. You could also tag me in your story and or video of dog-dog play. And I'd be happy to give you a little bit more feedback about what kind of I'm seeing in the video. Um... I also really love wonderful, beautiful exchanges of play. So if you want to tag me in a video of one of those, I'd also love that. If you have a topic that you would like to hear about in a future podcast, please feel free to, again, send me a DM on Instagram. You can also tag me on Instagram and let me know what you'd like to hear me talk about on the podcast going forward. It's been a real joy sharing this information with you guys, and I am already looking forward to the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram at a good feeling underscore in co. You can also find us on Facebook at A Good Feeling Dog Training, as well as our website, agfdogtraining.com.